Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers. And most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus Stories podcast. This is episode number 14. This podcast tells the stories of Jesus in an informal, informative, and interesting way. I'm your storyteller, George Taylor. These stories are brought to you by NarrationByGeorge.com, a great resource for some interesting audiobooks of many types. Supporting NarrationByGeorge.com helps to keep this podcast going. You can listen a little later on. We'll give you the featured book of the week. But let me pose a question to you. Would you like to be a sponsor of this podcast? That doesn't mean you have to have a message like narration by George does, but just a sponsor of the podcast. If so, I invite you to send me an email to narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. That's narrationbygeorge at outlook.com. Or click the contact button on the Jesus Stories website, jesusstories.info. If you're new to this podcast, I invite you to go all the way back to the beginning and listen to our previous episodes. We are telling the story of Jesus in chronological order, or as best as can be determined to be chronological order. So what happens before today is important for understanding the events which we will describe in today's Jesus story. We're in the middle of talking about Jesus' teaching, known as the Sermon on the Mount. If you're jumping into this podcast now, the Sermon on the Mount teaching began with Jesus' story number 12, entitled The New Way of Thinking. You might want to go back to catch up with that episode and episode 13 before listening to this episode. Reason? We're right in the middle of some teaching that may not make any sense if you just jump into the middle of the sermon. 
In our last episode, Jesus finished up the teaching of the Beatitudes and then challenged his listeners to examine their influence on the world at large. Then he began talking about his relationship to the law. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law thought that Jesus' actions were about destroying the law. But Jesus says he's come to accomplish its purpose. Then Jesus began looking at six commands from the law and explaining what true righteousness would look like. We looked at the first two of those commands. He started by talking about the command, do not murder explaining that anyone who is mad at his neighbor is subject to judgment. Jesus calls us to reconciliation. Then he moved to do not commit adultery, explaining that lust equals adultery. He calls us to purity. You see, in both of these and in the commands to come, Jesus is focusing on the condition of the heart of his followers. Do you love your neighbor? What is your attitude toward others? This theme continues in Jesus' teaching. He reminds his listeners of the teaching on divorce found in the book of Deuteronomy. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. During this time, there were two schools of thought about divorce. In one school, divorce only occurred if there was some indecency, usually sexual in nature. The other school allowed for divorce for any reason. The second school was the norm for the first century. Jesus will talk more about this issue later, but for now he has a specific point to make that relates to the other points he has been discussing. He starts by reminding his listeners that the law allowed for a man to divorce his wife with just an easy pronouncement, a certificate. This was a private matter, not a civil proceeding. But Jesus is saying that just because such a divorce could easily be done doesn't mean it should be done at all. He reminds his listeners that a divorce for no reason is essentially not a divorce at all. The woman becomes an adulteress whenever she might remarry. And in Roman law, a woman was required to remarry within 18 months of a divorce. With this teaching, Jesus was raising the standard for divorce, calling us to morality and to protecting the women in this population. But how does it protect women? In the first century, an unmarried woman was not allowed a position in society which would allow her to be gainfully employed or to make money. She was dependent upon a husband or other male in her family to provide for her. By limiting the instances of divorce, Jesus is ensuring there would be fewer divorced single women. Jesus then moves to the subject of vows. You have also heard, he says, that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. That's a vast departure from what this culture saw. The Pharisees, those considered the most righteous, used vows of all kinds to create legal technicalities to avoid commitments. So Jesus uses the examples of Pharisaical vows. Don't swear by heaven, or by earth, or by Jerusalem, or by my head. Now, 
We don't make vows that way in our world. Maybe there's a vow made on my mother's grave or by the beard of Muhammad if you're a Muslim. Jesus is telling us that we shouldn't need vows of any sort. Our yes should be a simple yes that we really mean, something that we have committed to do. Our no should be the same way. Jesus is calling us to truth-telling. Next, Jesus moves into some really difficult-to-obey territory. Now, while all of these commands are difficult, the next two are very anti-cultural in any time. He says, here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. Then he goes on beyond that. If someone sues you, give him what he wants and more. And he uses the example of a Roman soldier who legally demands that you carry his gear for a mile. Jesus says that when that happens, go two miles. That's where we get the expression about going the extra mile. Then he closes this section by saying, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. In other words, when someone attacks you and your honor, asks more of you than they should, or begs from you, when that happens, don't strike back. Give, and give generously. Jesus calls his followers to be peaceful and service-oriented. Give more than is expected. Serve more than expected. Then Luke records this statement. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. We call this the golden rule. Treat others the same way that we want to be treated. Then in his final comparison of the law with his teachings, Jesus explains what he expects with regard to those we might call enemies. He says, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. The law told the Jews to love your neighbor, but it never said to hate your enemy. That was a corollary that was extrapolated from the command to love your neighbor. In other words, people thought that if you were to love your neighbor, then the opposite should also be true. Jesus turns that on its head. We are to love and pray for those we might call our enemies. That means we're being like Jesus true children of your Father in heaven. Then Jesus reminds us that the gift of sunlight and rain come to everyone, even those who are evil and unjust. If you love only those who love you, well, anyone can do that, even a tax collector. If you're kind only to your friends, you're just like everyone else. Anyone can do that. We are to go beyond loving those who love us to love our enemies. Do good to them, he says. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. As a result, your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Jesus caps all of this with this statement, as recorded by Luke. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. And he is talking about Jehovah God as Father. In other words, just as Jehovah gifts everyone with life and all that is required to sustain it, light, 
food, rain. We are to be the same way to everyone, whether we call them friend, acquaintance, or enemy. They are worthy of our love. Matthew's wording for this statement is a little different. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. In this context, perfect means grown up or mature. I like the way this is summarized in Eugene Peterson's The Message. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. You're kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others, the way God lives toward you. Jesus is now going to shift gears, but before we do that, let's hear from our sponsor for this episode, narrationbygeorge.com. Narrationbygeorge.com features an audiobook for each episode from the library of recordings available on that website. For this episode, we feature Seasons of Change by Michael Gardner. In this dystopian environment, the U.S. economy and the government have collapsed. Ruthless leaders have taken over, forcing people into labor camps. Michael hides in the woods in North Georgia, only to be joined by a throng of people seeking the same refuge. It becomes his job to lead this throng out of danger to safety in the West. Will they make it? Find out in Seasons of Change. This book can be found at narrationbygeorge.com slash books. That's narrationbygeorge.com slash books. Jesus has been focusing on the hearts of his followers. Now he will turn to the acts of worship in which his followers engage. As he does this, he engages his followers to think about Jehovah God in a different way. He will use the term father over and over again. This is not the way a first century Jew would think about Jehovah God, but Jesus will use this term to emphasize a major theme of his ministry. Following Jehovah God is about having a relationship. It is not about following rules and ritual. So Jesus will continue his sermon with a look at three of the worship practices of the Pharisees, giving, praying, and fasting. He starts out with a warning. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Right off, he is questioning the reason behind the good deeds one might do. Is this for public recognition? If so, your Father in heaven will not be pleased. That is the theme behind Jesus' words regarding these three worship practices. What is the motive for worship? Is this worship to be seen, or is it to honor your Father? There's some language we need to recognize in each of Jesus' discourses on this worship. He starts each discourses with the words, When you give or pray or fast. This, of course, assumes that his listeners will indeed engage in each of these worship activities. And for each activity, he will also refer to hypocrites. And this means exactly what you and I understand hypocrites to be, people who act one way while believing another. As I said earlier, he will also use the term your father when he refers to Jehovah God, so listen for these terms as we go through these warnings from Jesus. He starts out this way. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. 
blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. In Judaism at this time, there were nine mandatory gift categories that were to be given. There were four gift categories that were optional. Pharisees believed that gifts to these four optional categories triggered special blessings or rewards from Jehovah God. But Jesus says that when gifts are made with great fanfare, bringing attention to the giver, that giver has already received his reward. So instead, give to the needy in private. Then your father, he says, will reward you. He continues, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. Just like in the giving warning before, public praying for public show doesn't lead to a reward from Jehovah God. The recognition for the show is the recognition. Now, he says, pray in private so your father who sees you will reward you. I like the wording from the message. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. And when you pray, he says, don't babble on and on. The pagans believed that words held magical powers. Certain words would be repeated to invoke that power. But Jesus says, your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Then Jesus gives the words to a model prayer. We usually call this the Lord's Prayer. Here is the prayer in 21st century English. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Many churches, many people, use this prayer literally. They pray these words to the Father. Some do not, but the elements which are a part of this prayer gives us a structure to use as we talk to Jehovah God. It starts with the address to our Father, Again, a revolutionary concept for Jesus' listeners. They would not have considered addressing Jehovah in this way. But Jesus is calling for recognizing that he and Jehovah are looking for a relationship with us. Even so, that name of the Father is to be kept holy, to be honored. It is not to be used flippantly or to become a curse or even a mild expression of frustration. Then Jesus calls for us to pray for the kingdom of God to come soon. While the kingdom that Jesus has been talking about and will say more about is coming, it hasn't fully arrived. We honor Jehovah God when we do his will. So Jesus asks that we pray for the Father's will to be done here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Then Jesus invites us to express our gratefulness to Jehovah God for our good. We then beg forgiveness for our sins, those times when we disobey the law. As we beg forgiveness, we also extend forgiveness to those who may have wronged us. Finally, we ask for protection. Help us not to give in to temptations when they come, but rescue us from the one who brings the temptation, the evil one. This is language which refers to Satan. 
Jesus closes the prayer with this statement. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. In other words, our failure to forgive others means that the Father, Jehovah God, will not extend forgiveness to you and me. This, of course, makes forgiveness of others really essential to the times when we need the same forgiveness. Jesus has talked about giving and prayer, and now he turns to fasting. What is fasting? In the time of Jesus, fasting was going without food, usually to focus on prayer. The Pharisees fasted twice a week and made sure that everyone around them knew it. So Jesus says, And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. That admiration will be their only reward. Instead of acting this way, Jesus says to clean up, look presentable, that only your Father will know if you fast. Since he sees this, he will reward you. So Jesus is challenging his listeners, and you and me, to be totally honest and transparent with our Father, Jehovah God. Repeatedly in this passage, he tells us that our Father sees everything, and in seeing this honesty will reward us. A lack of honesty or posturing before Jehovah God results in a lack of eternal rewards. Yes, there is recognition now, but there are no eternal heavenly rewards. Some earthly rewards help to keep this podcast going. Thanks to Narration by George for supporting this podcast with a featured audiobook for this episode. For this episode, we feature Seasons of Change by Michael Gardner. In this dystopian environment, the U.S. economy and the government have collapsed. Ruthless and corrupt leaders have taken over, forcing people into labor camps. Michael hides in the woods in North Georgia, only to be joined by a throng of people seeking the same refuge. He teaches them to survive and helps to lead this throng out of danger to safety in the West. There's some exciting challenges as they travel west. Are they going to make it? Well, find out in Seasons of Change. You can find this book at narrationbygeorge.com slash books. That's narrationbygeorge.com slash books. Jesus gives his listeners then, and you and me now, some astounding challenges. He challenges us to examine our hearts and make sure they match our actions. The law calls us not to murder or commit adultery, but do our hearts show love for our fellow man? The law allows for divorce and allows us to make vows, but do our hearts understand that God's intention is that we do not divorce and our word should be honored without having to take a vow? The law allows for punishment to be wronged, but our hearts should prompt us to act with generosity. The law tells us to love our neighbor, but it does not say to hate your enemy. In fact, we should love our enemies. This heart that is really aligned with love for our fellow man, our neighbor, should lead us to openly and honestly worship Jehovah God, our Father. We can give in private, we pray in private, we fast without a show, and our Father, who sees this, rewards us for his honesty. In our next Jesus story, Jesus will give us a challenge about our possessions. Do we lean on our possessions 
or do we depend on our Father for our needs? We'll review that teaching in two weeks on Jesus Stories. In the meantime, remember you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram where we're called Jesus Stories the Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Jesus Stories Pod. You can also find us on YouTube. That's a little more difficult. So your best bet is to go to the website and click to the link for YouTube or for any of our other social media. They're all also available in the show notes. The website is Jesus jesusstories.info. That's jesusstories.info. Don't forget the book for this episode, Seasons of Change. You'll find it at narrationbygeorge.com books, or click on the link in the show notes. You know, I'd love to hear from you with your comments about this podcast. Just email me through the Talk to Us tab on the website, jesusstories.info. We'll see you in two weeks for the next Jesus Stories. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.